the life of the church where we talk about the Holy Spirit, particularly that we are reminded of the power and the, the presence of the Holy Spirit. We heard it in the scripture. We talked about the Holy Spirit showing up like a howling wind. We also talked about how tongues of fire were aflame on top of the people that were present to see and to witness the Holy Spirit showing up that day. And that the Holy Spirit even has the power to speak through a variety of different languages. We were reminded that the Holy Spirit is one who accompanies us. That that is a promise that, that God and Jesus leaves with us. Is this presence of the Holy Spirit, the one who sustains us. And there are both times when we see the Holy Spirit at work in the world around us, God present in the movement of things. And then there are other times when the Holy Spirit seems to be right in our gut, inside of us, within us, that we become aware of, of some movement and we know it's of God and sometimes we don't know what to do with it. But it's there and moving the Holy Spirit is meant to guide us and lead us, teaching us, nurturing us, and sometimes even pushing us, leading us to see new possibilities, which sometimes aren't that comfortable. In Paul's letter to the Galatians that he writes that we're going to read about in just a minute, he's talking about what the Spirit of God does, what it looks like, and how it is embodied. In many ways, I think it's kind of an explanation of the spirit of the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? That we're getting an essence of, of who and what the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is. So will you listen and open your ears as we hear from Galatians chapter 5, verses 20 through, 22 through 26 this morning. This is what it says. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against things like this. Those who belong in Christ Jesus have crucified the self with its passions and its desires. If we live by the Spirit, let's follow the Spirit. Let's not become arrogant, make each other angry, or be jealous of each other. This is a word of God for us, the people of God. Our thanks be to God. Bill, my question is, was it the Holy Spirit that was present over there on the organ? What a gift uh, Bill is to this community. We are grateful for that. Speaking of music, I, I wanted to, to start by sharing that one uh, last winter, one of uh, my favorite movies that uh, came out was The Greatest Showman, which was a musical that was released, and it quickly became one of my favorite soundtracks that I would listen to pretty much all the time. That kind of tends to be something I do. I get a soundtrack in my head, and I just stick with it for, for quite a while. And in my car, I'm sure I looked a little bit silly you know, uh, singing at the top of my lungs with people beside me. But if you're not familiar with the movie, The Greatest Showman is, is a story, a musical that portrays P.T. Barnum and the creation of the world's uh, circus. 
Hugh Jackman is the one who plays P.T. Barnum, who develops this uh, community and, and nurtures this group of people of what initially is called oddities. Barnum was definitely a guy who was interesting. He tended to live outside of the box with a lot of his ideas. And the words failure and success often could be used in the same breath when it came to talking about his development of of what we know now as the circus. And I think many of us can relate to that as as if we take a step out into a, a new possibility and try things, it is often true that the word failure and, and success can be intertwined with one another. It's a part of our, our learning and growing and developing is to try new things. And he certainly was a man who was not afraid to take a risk. He also, this was new information to me, helped to shape the world of advertising. I didn't know that before. But the posters that he developed in order to recruit people And then also to advertise and promote the show that he was developing, it set the stage for advertising about what are the words and the pictures that are going to draw people's attention. The posters he created for recruitment had a variety of different things, but one of them would read something like this. Wanted. Unique humans and curiosities. Daring acts and wonders of the world. He was seeking people who couldn't necessarily be categorized or or understood at first glance, perhaps. But as you looked closer, as you experienced their gifts and talents, what happened was the beauty of their uniqueness became celebrated And a connection started to be made. One of my favorite musical scenes in the entire movie was focused on a song called Come Alive. Hence the the title of this series that we're jumping into. Because it's a culminating moment when this group of folks, this group of oddities, these unique humans with all these curiosities had come together and had been working together. And it was them expressing their desire for P.T. Barnum to know that this community is what had helped them to come along to come alive, to feel like that they had a place of belonging, of family, of community. It was a group of people that wouldn't necessarily come together on their own, but it was nurtured and cared for, and they ended up creating this beautiful show and acts that we have enjoyed for times to come. Last week, uh, Eric and I were at annual conference along with your lay leaders. Uh, that's a lot of Methodist language right there alone. But as a local church, we are connected to a whole conference of folks through the North Georgia Conference. And every year, we have an annual meeting that we gather. And it's a time of worship and prayer and discernment and celebration. And we also have that time of, of kind of having some time of voting and discussion and so this week, we, we had this whole experience over in Athens, Georgia, um, which was a great time for us to, to be together as a denomination. And um, 
in Bishop Sue, our Episcopal leader, her, her opening comments and, and the opening worship service, she actually used a portion of the passage that I read earlier from Galatians in an effort to kind of set a tone for the meeting that we were having with one another, for the week ahead. And early in her sermon, she invited all of us, which was thousands of people in this huge arena, to stand on their feet as they were able, and that she wanted us to participate in an exercise with each other. You can imagine that about half the room was like, I don't know about this, where are we going? But we did. There was a standing that occurred in the room. And what she challenged us with is to spend a moment and to have some recognition within ourselves about what we are carrying, what's on us. And she said she wanted to invite us in that moment to take off some things that were not going to be helpful to our time together. And so she led us in an exercise of saying, I physically, I want you to, to take things off. Not your clothes, but in emotion, in, a, in an, an effort to just visually see yourself and feel yourself pulling these things off. I'm going to lead you and I invite you to, to do this. And I'm not going to make you to do this now, but I want you to hear this experience, this exercise that we went through early in the week. She said, we're all here gathered together, but if there's some things that you need to be aware of as we come into this place, let's take those things off. She said, if you have anger, take it off. If you have some selfishness, take it off. If you're wanting things to go your own way, take it off. If you're feeling like there might be some selfishness in you, take it off. And throughout the room, you could see the movement of people pulling things from their head and, and their heart and their arms, or even some people leaning down low. I don't know what they needed to take off down at their feet level, but, but people were just taking things off. She said, we've, we've done that now. And we're here and, and present with each other. And she read those Fruits of the Spirit that I just read to you from Galatians, she said, folks, it's time for us to put on those things, to invite the Holy Spirit to be present with us this week as we, we meet together. So she said, let's put those things on. Will you put on love? Will you put on peace? Will you put on patience? Will you put on goodness and, and gentleness and kindness, and self-control. Perhaps she and I were on the same wavelength as we think about what it means to gather with the Holy Spirit present. It's an invitation for, for God's people to be aware of ourselves enough to know what is on us and what we're struggling with and what's in us. But thanks be to God, it's also an opportunity for us to shed those things in front of God and to say, God, help me to put on your spirit. And what we read about in Galatians is exactly what God's spirit might look like if we were to put on all of those things of the Holy Spirit. 
Now, I want to be very clear about this. I just kind of used a putting it on analogy, but this is not a you have all these things hanging in your closet and every morning you're going to go and pick out which one you want to wear today. It's not all these things just lined up and you go in and you say, ah, yeah, I think I'll take some patience today. And you put that on and you look back and you say, no, I'm going to leave you behind, self-control. That's not the way that it works. You know, I can even picture and, and remember growing up in the church that there were many VBSs and there were church um, mural hallways that had murals on them de- depicting the, the fruits of the spirits. That you would see grapes and you would see bananas and, and strawberries hanging to symbolize the fruits of the spirit. But I just want to assure you that if you're going to work on growing your kindness, it's not that you're going to have a cluster of grapes that are going to grow out from underneath your armpits. That's not what we're talking here about bearing these fruits of the Spirit. But what this scripture, what this invitation from Paul is calling us to realize is that when we are to live in the fullness of who and what the Holy Spirit does and brings to us, that all of these things are going to be present and that we're going to be able to see them and that what we in turn will bear to others as we intake the fullness of the Holy Spirit is that people will see love and patience and goodness and kindness that those gifts will be bare to others around us. And just like Galatians, I want to say that we're people who get caught up in the laws and in the rules. It's why Paul takes a moment to say, none of these things are not of the law. They're all included. Because the people often were looking for things to nitpick out and say, that belongs, that doesn't. That's good, that's bad, that matters, that doesn't. And Paul wanted to set the stage to say that all of these things are what we will see and experience and bear when we intake fully the Holy Spirit into our lives and have an awareness of the power of what God can do and is doing with the Holy Spirit at work in the world. Putting on, clothing, adorning ourselves with the love of Christ in all that we do. And I I think about that as it goes often with Scripture, it's important for us to kind of look at different angles and different sides. Because often we just pull it out and say, here it is. But there's a lot that often surrounds it. And we are not to understand the fruits of the Spirit as being a measure of whether or not someone is good or bad. That's not our job. But rather, we are invited to be aware of ourselves and of the movement of the Holy Spirit and where and how we do not maybe have these attributes that we are wearing in the way that God would want us to. 
I'll ask you a question. Do any of you remember mood rings? Does that resonate with any of you? It, was, it came in necklaces and bracelets and rings that you could put on. And I think there were a thousand different stories that accompanied how they worked and what they were supposed to do. But some were by the temperature of your skin. It was going to tell you what mood you were in or, or what, what the universe was telling you based on how it changed when you were out in the sun. These mood rings were a way of someone looking and saying like, ooh, I know what mood you're in. I know where you're at with things. I want to be clear that the Holy Spirit is not a mood. It goes beyond an attitude or a temporary moment that might be situational where you decide, ooh, I'm going to be nice now, but later I'm going to be mean. These words from Paul are giving us a picture of what the Holy Spirit has come to accompany us with. That it is the fullness of love and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control that we will intimately know as we breathe in the Holy Spirit. It's not just about having patience in a moment or, and then later not having it. We're deciding for ourselves that I'm going to give this attitude at this point and another one at that point. That we are called to be people who, who have this understanding of what the indwelling of living in the fullness of the Holy Spirit comes to bring to us. I'm sure that many of you have seen the signs that start with the words, keep calm and, and then there's a, a bunch of different clever phrases and encouragements and jokes that come after that about how we can keep calm and, and I think that this is a moment when I would say that maybe a word that would be good for us to hear and, and see and receive is keep calm and be clothed in love. I want to share that as good Methodists, one of the things that comes up in our, our language and our terminology a lot is this idea of perfection and moving on towards perfection. But I also want to be clear that it doesn't mean that we are to be perfect all the time or that that's the goal and that's what we are to be cognizant of, of achieving. I think that we live in a world where there is a lot of pressures that we put on ourselves and honestly that we also put on other people that would suggest that we have to maintain a perfection at all times. That we have to be in this certain place at all times in order to, to have worth and, and, and be in tune with God. The reality is, is that we live in a messy world. That there are difficult things that we're going to encounter along the way. And yes, we do have some choices. And these attributes, these fruits of the Spirit, the Spirit of the Spirit, are wonderful things for us to tap into and pull on it, and maybe physically put it on us at times because we're struggling in a moment. But it's not about this temporary access. 
but rather that in our breath and in our being that we understand that the Holy Spirit is going to be present with us in and throughout all times and seasons and situations, that God is going to be there with us. There's a theme that occurs in a lot of the letters that we read that Paul writes to a lot of communities in, in the early church in the New Testament. We have all these epistle letters that are, are written, and particularly uh, in Galatians, there's a theme, a focus that, that Paul sets out, and we hear about it at the beginning of, of the chapter of what we just read, chapter 5, verse 1, and it talks about this. He's setting the stage for everything that's to come. The opening lines are, for freedom, Christ has set us free. For freedom, Christ has set us free. That God's desire is for us to live in a freedom. To, to know a freedom, to, to be free. And what is that freeness meant to allow us to do? To go and to share God's spirit with others. To embody these attributes and these fruits of this spirit. And ultimately it culminates with the word love. He's declaring that the spirit is present. The spirit does dwell. The spirit does sustain us and accompany us. And yet we are invited and asked how are we going to respond to the presence, to the indwelling of the Spirit? In word, and action, how are we going to live out of the knowledge of what the Holy Spirit has come to give us, to offer to us? Before P.T. Barnum got to the circus and included this unique array of individuals displaying and, and celebrating who they were and their talents. Do you know what he first had? A museum of stuffed animals. Stuffed tigers and giraffes. But guess what? No one wanted to buy a ticket to come see that show. And in the movie, you see on this one particular night a, a discouraging evening when he comes home and he goes to the bedside of his two young daughters who say to him, Dad, I think you have too many dead things. You need to have things that are alive. That's what people want to come and see. People want to be a part of things that are alive. Where there's a spirit of, of joy. Where there's a spirit of, of kindness. Where there's a spirit of, of recognizing someone's unique beauty. And celebrating different people's gifts and talents. And how it happens that when we come together and celebrate one another, that that is one of the times when we can look around and see and feel the Spirit of God at work. 
alive in the Spirit, filled with God's Spirit, putting on the ways of the Spirit. And I wonder what this might mean to you and for you, for for your life, for my life. What would it mean and look like to stand and in the knowledge that God is present and receives us just as we are? To offer God some of the things that are keeping us separated or divided or angry or hurting and to begin to put on the Spirit of God that culminates with knowing that we are loved. To put on those fruits of the Spirit not so that we look like a walking advertisement for a smoothie company but so that we might be on display as as being God's people who want the world to know about love and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control to bear those things So that when we encounter others and interact with others, that that's only the thing that we can help to give. The world wants to be alive, to be celebrated, to experience a love and a kindness in church. It is our call to be ones who bear this, who live it out, who bear witness to this to others and it might require us to do some new things to take some risks to work together to work things out to work on patience and kindness and self-control you know what but above all else again going back to those early words of Paul he reminds us that that freedom that God wants us to give and to receive is all because of Christ's love that makes all things possible. May it be so for our lives that we look for ways that we can put on the Spirit of God. Look for ways Put on the Spirit of God. Amen and amen.